We have grown up with pop culture all around us, whether it was Pokemon, Star Wars, or Harry Potter. In this podcast, we will compare these three fandoms as representative of fictional universes and their fandoms. I, Sophie, am passionate about Japanese animation and games. I will be your Pokemon spokesperson today. I, Canel, grew up reading Harry Potter as a kid. Therefore, I'll be your advocates of its brand and fanbase. I, Kira, is really fond of Star Wars, and I love learning about its various eras, along with lore and technology. So here, I will be talking about Star Wars. First of all, we will present the three universes. Then we will compare fandom behavior towards each brand. Then we will discuss opportunities and problems for each label. I'm going to introduce the Pokemon universe. Well. The franchise Pokemon was created by Satoshi Tajiri in 1996. It is spread by different mediums such as video games, animes, mangas, and played cards. The biggest fandom is the one attached to their video games, so we'll mostly focus on it. In those, you play a young person leaving his mom to catch all of the Pokemon. For this, you need a Pokeball, a compact white and red ball. Once you got them, you can make them fight, but never until death. Fight ends by KO only. The goal of the game is to fulfill the Pokédex, an electronic device which records the data about the Pokémon you caught, and to win the six arena badges. Each games are released by pair, Pokémon Black and White, Pokémon Pearl and Diamond, and so on. In the end of each game, you can catch a legendary Pokémon, and it is a different one according to the version of the game you choose. Star Wars is a science fiction franchise comprising movies, books, comics, video games, toys, and animated shows. It is a fictional universe created by George Lucas. The Star Wars story employs archetypal motifs common to science fiction, political climax, and classical mythology. As one of the foremost examples of the space opera subgenre, of science fiction, Star Wars has become part of mainstream pop culture, as well as being one of the highest crossing series of all time. Then I will introduce Harry Potter's universe. Harry Potter's universe was introduced to the world by Joanne K. Rowling when she published the first book of the series, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, in 1997. The British author then published Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets in 1998, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban in 1999, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in 2000, Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix in 2003, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in 2005, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows in 2007, making Harry Potter's story a seven-book series. The plot taking place in the magical universe, she implemented the main story with more reference books, such as Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in 2001, Quidditch Through the Ages in 2001 also, The Tales of Beetle the Bard in 2008, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Story Concepts in 2016, Short Stories from Hogwarts of Power, Politics and Paxi Poltergeist in 2016 also, Short story from Hogwarts of Heroism, Hardship and Dangerous Hobbies in 2016, Hogwarts An Incomplete and Unreliable Guide in 2016, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the original screenplay in 2016, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the original screenplay in 2018, as well as a Harry Potter prequel published in 2008. 
By doing so, she created a solid imaginary base to the universe she created. Over the years, she gained the interest of the public, with a super-wide audience from all over the world in all age ranges. Harry Potter's universe became a universal reference. Now we'll compare the fanbase of each universe. First, Pokemon. The fanbase of Pokemon is huge. Some of the fans started with the animes and others get directly in the games. And, on the contrary of what we could think, a huge part of the fandom is actually old. The most sold version was released on Game Boy in the end of the 90s, it is Pokemon Blue. Considering the sales of the group Pokemon, green, red and blue, they sold 31.38 million of copies. And since the fandom never stopped to grow, we can nowadays find a lot of goodies of Pokemon. Plush, posters, clothes, costumes, figures, it is enormous. And even if the recipe of the game never changed, people continue to buy it. Indeed, there is a feeling of continuing. On each game, you have a new generation of Pokémon. In other words, new Pokémon are developed and add to the game. But you still fight the six arenas to get the six pages to catch the legendary, and you catch them all. That basically is. But in the end, you keep your Pokémon. You can transfer them between versions, so you can play with your Bulbasaur for 10 years. You keep the link with it. Moreover, Game Freak, the developers of the Pokemon games, launch a new game each four years maximum, so you don't have the time to forget the game. Then on with the fandom of Harry Potter. What would the target audience be? Mainly young adults and children, without any other restrictions such as ethnicity, nationality, gender or whatsoever. It makes the universe globally reachable, universal, relatable to all young people. How do they perceive themselves as Harry Potter fans? Fans identify themselves as Potterheads, classify themselves in a Hogwarts house, find their patronus and more. They can be perceived as geeks or nerds from outside the fandoms if they are too passionate about it. But any person who enjoys Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Pokemon or Hunger Games or any other big current pop culture sensation will understand the other fans' involvement towards their preferred universe. Despite fandom wars, which sadly occur from time to time, it seems that fandoms like to interact with each other and can relate to each other in a way. Potterheads display their belonging to the fandom. They can be reminded of their belonging in various ways, which creates a big loyalty to the fandom. So here we'll take marketing lessons from Star Wars and we'll see how marketers have been harnessing the force. So as a Star Wars fan, I always diligently prepare for every film installment of the franchise by reading legend novels, catching up on comics or rewatching the previous movies. But all of this has caused me to wonder, with around 600 movies released every year in Hollywood, why is there so much excitement around a Star Wars movie release? Great marketing definitely plays a part in this, and I figure that talking about this would make an interesting example of consumer psychology and the various opportunities it presents to Lucasfilm. So here are my thoughts on why Star Wars marketing strategy is so successful and what us marketers can take away from it. Now, switching to opportunities and problems. In 2016, Pokemon released a game on mobile because they saw the potential of it. It did an incredible launch the first summer. Even the people who were criticizing the license, associating the fans as children, were playing it. In only three days, they seduced 3 million of users. In two months, they reached the half billion of downloads. 
In August 2019, they assume reaching the billion. In three days, this game generated 2.65 billion in revenues. This makes it the second most lucrative mobile title in the history of video games. But there is also a lot of criticism toward Game Freak and the Pokemon Company. Their last game, Pokemon Sword and Shield, launched on Nintendo Switch, made a total lot. The hashtag Game Freak Lied arrived in trends on Twitter. The players denounced the betrayal of Game Freak. Remember, we talked about keeping all of your Pokemons between generations, having a lot of the previous generation, none of this now. Game Freak pretended that they could not recreate all of the previous Pokemon on this new version, because redoing all of the graphism would take too long. But it came out that the graphism of the new Pokemon are the same as on the previous version. The attacks haven't been reworked neither. This hashtag has been reused to denounce all of the problems with Sword and Shield. People compared graphism on the background and came up with striking comparisons. The tree texture is better on a Zelda game on Nintendo 64 than on Pokemon Sword and Shield. The Nintendo 64 was launched in 1996 to refresh our minds. It isn't a joke. And it doesn't stop here. They recently launched the extension pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. In brief, you can get more regions, more area, more requests and gameplay events for 30 euros. And guess what? They added more Pokemons. So it wasn't a problem coming from the console. But in the end, the game sales went well, so the fans are ready to anything for their favorite saga. About Harry Potter's opportunities and problems, well, an opportunity is more books, live-action movie and theater adaptations, musicals, games, online quiz, merchandise, museums, attraction parks, marathons, and roleplay. Those are all opportunities surrounding Harry Potter. Indeed, there was a Broadway musical called A Very Potter Musical. There are PC games for each episode of the story, and more recently, a mobile game called Harry Potter Mysteries of Hogwarts. An official website called Pottermore, on which original tests are designed for fans. Many pop-up stores all over the world and online boutiques also. Studios can be visited at Universal Studios Florida. But also Alnwick Castle, Northumberland, England, which was used at the Hogwarts Castle in the first movie. Exhibitions in various locations, King's Cross and St. Pancras stations in London, England, where you're supposed to take the Hogwarts Express, and Christchurch, Oxford, England, which inspired the Great Hall. Also, big cinemas and concert halls seldom organize Harry Potter marathons, where all movies in order are on the big screen all night long. Among fans, there is also the possibility to dress up and roleplay at conventions for example, or other special events involving the fandom. As the universe is set and the audience already knows it and likes it, it is easier to develop side stories such as Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and exploit them by adapting them as movies, publishing the scripts, as said earlier, commercializing new merchandise and derived products. However, some old-school fans might think that all these add-ons are too much. They might feel like they didn't belong in the story in the first place, and this is all for a commercial purpose. So, Star Wars is all about making emotional connection, likewise for a brand to maintain relevance with consumers it is important that they establish strong emotional connection with their target audience. Um, brands like Apple, Nike and Amazon 
has spent years building this type of connection, which serves as a source of long-term competitive advantage, while one can say that this sort of conflict defines the core of any quality story, the innovation and creative unfolding of the Star Wars saga is what holds the attention of audiences. Through creatures of fantasy, fans can identify with characters because their emotional journeys align with fundamental humanistic truths everyone can relate to, and the ability to evoke powerful emotions via dynamic storytelling has kept the franchise relevant for more than 30 years. And next, Star Wars has been working on earning loyalty through continuity. Repetition is really important to learning. This was a message that we've heard often as children, especially before our exams, and brand managers love to create campaigns. However, we forget that every time a new campaign hits the market, our target audience forgets the previous one. And in the Star Wars series, the central cast of characters has remained consistent, such as R2D2, Luke, Princess Leia, or Darth Vader, and closely linked to each other throughout the series' evolution. This continuity within the franchise has also lent to building a loyal fan following, and Star Wars also make the effort of collaborating to create content, and brands are often afraid of losing control of their brand messaging, but in today's social media-driven world, control is an illusion. So instead of resisting control, brands should find a way to appropriately partner with consumers. For example, May 4th has been Christen Star Wars Day as the infamous line from the film May the Force Be With You sounds similar to May the Fourth Be With You. Lucasfilm didn't invent this idea, but it has since embraced it. So to conclude this part, uh, the Star Wars brand can inspire marketers by exemplifying the value of marketing campaigns that effectively capitalize on human emotions, utilize thematic continuity, and encourages user participation. So in the words of Master Yoda, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Well, to conclude, we can say that all fandoms are unique in their own ways, but they all come together when it comes to passion. The consumer loyalty reigns, and in the end, fans are even ready to forget their favorite brand's mistakes. They are ready to catch on every new related products that come out. What about you? Are you fond of something? What is your favorite fictive universe? Let us know in the comment section. Well, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Mm.